Hello, and welcome to the Alternative Podcast, coming to you from San Andres Island. Thanks so much for joining us today. Now here is Pastor Eddie with this week's message. So I want us to go to Matthew chapter 6 and camp at verse 25 through the verse 34. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through the verse 34. This section of Matthew chapter 6 is located in the larger part of Jesus' discourse on what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. Let the church say Sermon on the Mount. Okay. In this Sermon of the Mount, Jesus um, was talking about two major Aspect. You can divide the Sermon of the Mount on the Mount in two aspects. Okay, it covers from chapter six, from chapter five, all the way until chapter seven. And Jesus is talking about two major aspects that should describe the life of a member of the kingdom of God, which is the attitude and the actions. The attitudes you can find them in chapter five, verse one, all the way until verse two. And from chapter 5, verse 13, all the way until the end of chapter 7, Jesus talks about the actions that describe a person that is a member of the kingdom of God. So hear me now. If you want to know a person that belongs to the kingdom of God, you know them by two aspects according to Jesus himself. The attitude that that person has and the actions that that person carry out on a daily basis. And you find that in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. But we are going to read the aspect of an action or actions that should describe a disciple of Jesus Christ and a member of the kingdom of God in chapter 6, verse 25 until the verse 34. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 until the verse 34. It reads, Therefore I tell you, who is speaking here? Jesus. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body he said two things that you should not worry about your life and your body all right what you will eat what you will drink and what you will wear it's not life underline underline this part here more than food underline that said that part that said more than that that's the key right here and the body listen to it again more than clothes verse 26 Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or they store away in barns. That means that they save. Okay? They have so much that they save. So what, listen here. Jesus is not talking about needs because they had the need met. Jesus is talking that they want more than what they need and what they have. So we often read it and say, no, because I have a need. But Jesus is talking about, say, your, 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 what say? my grandfather used to say, greedy puppy choke. This, this is exactly what he's saying here. I always remember my grandfather for that because he would say, I always want more than what I get. And then he said at the end, a greedy puppy won't get choked. <laughs> so this is what Jesus is talking about here. And then he said in, in the second part of verse 26, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. And then he said, are you not much more valuable or important or worthy than they? Verse 27, can any one of you by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about what? Clothes. See, look at the other illustration. How the flowers of the field or the grass of the field grow. They do not labor or they toil or spin. They don't have to work for it. 
Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, who is Solomon? Richest man. Listen to what Jesus said. Not even Solomon in all of his splendor, glory, majesty was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe who? You. You have little faith. That means uh, that they were not trusting God. You know, they were not trusting God. Jesus said, you have little faith. And then verse 31, he said, so do not worry. Here is another command. Saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans, I will use the word unbelievers, run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given or added to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. And then he said, each day has enough trouble of its own. This morning we are going to talk about this sub on the subject antidote for worry or anxiety. Antidote for worry or anxiety. Every, let's pray. Father, I thank you for reminding us that you are God on your throne and that whatever circumstances in life we might go through, you are still on the throne. Therefore, we should not worry because in you, we are more than satisfied. In Jesus' name, I pray. And the church of God says, Amen. do not worry. I don't know who I think it up. This is what Jesus says would happen to a person, an individual, that live their life concerned and worry. Their life will be torn into pieces, into halves. In fact, the word worry in the original language means to be torn apart, to be separated into pieces. In fact, it means to be divided. It means to be distracted. It means to be separated. That is the word that Jesus used in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through the verse 34. That when we become preoccupied with the concerns and the cares of life, we are being divided distracted we are being torn apart separated from what is more is the most important thing in life how do i know that because when we look at matthew chapter 6 and the verse 24 upon which matthew chapter 6 verse 25 to the verse 34 find its root and its foundation 
And Jesus there gives us the reason why people worry. Look at what Jesus said in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 6 as to the root cause for why people worry. Listen to what Jesus said as he set that up as a foundation for what he's going to talk about in verse 25 to the verse 34. Listen to Jesus. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love what? Or you will be devoted to the one and what? Despise the other. And listen to what Jesus said. You cannot serve both God and Jesus set up Matthew 6, 25 to the verse 24 to show that these people wanted to serve God as Lord and Master and at the same time they wanted to serve and seek and pursue money as equal to God. And their life began to become so preoccupied and concerned that they were distracted from the most important thing. What was the most important thing? God's kingdom and the practice of righteousness. So they were distracted, divided. They wanted to be over here. And at the same time, they wanted to be this side. And they were worried and they were anxious. And Jesus said, the reason why you are anxious and worried is because you are pursuing two masters at the same time. You can't put two persons right there moving around and you stand in the middle and watch those persons without your eyes turn. You are going to get distracted. This is what Jesus said is worry. And I like what Dr. Tony Evans, the pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, defined worry or strengthened this part in verse 24. He said these words, One of the major reasons for worry is being divided between two masters. When we want to serve God and when we love God, but at the same time we have so many preoccupations and concerns and care here on our life and on earth, it has us to a point where we can't be faithful to God. You know what Jesus is saying? No person can fix their eyes on two masters and be faithful to the two of them. What Jesus is saying is that you can't have faith in the two masters. That means that when you are pursuing two masters, that means you don't have faith in none of them. How I know that? Look at verse number 30. In the second part of verse number 30 in, the, in chapter 6, Jesus said this word in verse number 30 of chapter 6. You have little faith. No, Jesus is not talking to pagans or unbelievers. Jesus is talking to the people that were surrounding him on the sermon when he was on the mount preaching and teaching. Jesus is talking to them and saying, look, if your attention is divided, that means that you lack faith in God. It doesn't matter how big the problem might be, how tough the situation might be. As long as your eyes are fixed in Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry about your problems. Because the Lord of your life will become the Lord of your problem. And I want us to understand this this morning. And this is the argument that Jesus is making in our text. Listen to what Jesus is saying. Believers must put the things of God first before the concerns of life. That means that if we are going to serve Jesus, we must put the things of God first before the concerns and the preoccupations of life. Why? Because Jesus says the things of God, there are two. 
his kingdom and his righteousness and then the things of the life and the world they are food drinks and clothes these things jesus said when you put your eyes first on me when you fix your attention and you pursue or seek me first these things will be added unto you food clothes and drink all these things will be added to you but we shift the equation around we start to pursue these things and we expect God to add them to us it doesn't work like that it means that we need to pursue God and when we are in need God will begin to add them to us so that we don't have to worry and be anxious and be exasperated and fight and and be in rough and rough all we need to do is seek God and let God take care of what we can't take care of Listen to me here, family. The reason why so many of our faith, of our professionals and our leaders today, faith are, are frustrated is because we are pursuing things of life and not the things of God. Not because you are intellectually astute. Not because you are accomplished and not because you may not be accomplished or intellectually astute. Allah we must seek God first. Because God said in his word, he gives a promise and all these things will be added unto you. Why worry about it if you can't change it, fix it or add it to it? If you can't do it, that's what Jesus said. Don't worry about it because you can't put more things to it. So just leave it in my hand and I will take care of it. And that's why we worry and we get anxious. Because we want more than what God is providing for us right now. And that's why some of we young boys out there are killing people. They are stealing from people. They are causing harm and havoc in our community. What we need today, not only in the church, but in our world, we need to help our people to understand that we must put God first. That don't mean that we are not going to work. That don't mean that we are not going to make business. That means that when we make business, we know why we are making business. Because we are putting God first. And out of that blessing, we can bless other people. Amen. No, nothing said that I'm saying that we should not work. I'm saying that we should work. But may we work within the context and the framework of God first. So what Jesus is teaching here. Jesus wants them to understand something. Trust the Lord when they are overwhelming concerns in your life trust him because he will make a way out for you i want us to look at how jesus began to illustrate this as he speak to his disciples then he used uh threesome illustrations or images throughout this um verses these verses he used the the example or the triad of the commands he used three examples and then he used three attributes and i want us to look at these things let's look first at the three commands that we find in matthew chapter 6 the verse 25 through the verse 34 the three commands you can find them if you want to write them down in verse 25 in verse 31 and in verse 34 in verse 25 listen to what jesus said therefore i tell you do not worry remember verse 24 he said if you serve to master that means that worry will become but if your eyes are fixed in being devoted to jesus alone then you don't have to worry and then jesus said i tell you do not worry that's a command that means that we as believers when we find ourselves worrying that means it's a signal that's a sign that we are taking our attention out from jesus and we are fixing our attention on our issues so jesus is saying do not worry look at the verse 35 25 and then in verse 31 jesus said so again do not worry 
And look at the verse 34 now again. Jesus said, therefore, do not worry. Three times Jesus commanded his disciples not to make preoccupation and worry of life cause them. Why? Because worry will make us distracted in life. And Jesus wants them to understand this. Don't get distracted and worry over what you will eat, drink, and wear. For hear this. For life and the body, there is more than that. <laughs> Listen to this. Let me show you. They were looking for what they could get right now. And they're going to look for the best clothes. And they look for the best shoes. And they look, listen, they were not talking about what they would eat or what they would need. That they had enough, but they were not satisfied with God's provision. So what Jesus was showing, that when time you make what you don't have become your central focus and your object, that means that your life has been shifted from Jesus and it started to focus on what is less important. Listen to me. Never exchange what is greater for what is lesser. They were treating Jesus and God as lesser. What God was giving them, they were saying, God, I don't want that. I want something greater. And they were refusing what was greater and they start to turn their eyes to what was lesser. So, I want the best thing in my life. I want to have the latest thing. So, I have to kill myself with 20, jobs just to get it. That means that Jesus is not your provider. That means that you are not trusting God. This is what Jesus was telling him because look at it two times in the verse 25. Jesus repeated this word, more than. He said, he said that um, life is more than food. And then he said, the body is more than clothes. So why are you going after food and clothes when you have me who is more than that? Listen to me, young people. Don't let anybody fool you to say, because you have the latest stormy clothes and stormy pants. You get into groups and things and lose focus from Jesus. Yeah. Don't let them talk to you in your ears and tell you things and get into gangs and things like that. Cursing and say you will have the latest this and you have more than this. Listen to me. There is no one that is more than your God. Yeah. If we can understand that as young people, we will avoid so many of the mistakes that we are making today. We should learn to be satisfied with God. So listen, don't get distracted by what they are saying. We just bring more worry and we bring more concern and anxiety in your life. So we find three commands. Jesus said, do not worry. Do not worry. Do not be concerned. Do not become anxious about what you don't have because you have the greatest prize and the greatest pearl. God the Father. So let's look at now the three examples in the text. Jesus uses three examples. He used birds. He used flowers and then he used the pagans or Gentiles. But I want we call them unbelievers. Why unbelievers? Because they were not putting God first. They were seeking the material possessions that Jesus referred in verse 24 instead of seeking God. So Jesus used this example to make this argument. Listen to it. The reason why worry hijack control and command our life is because we are not satisfied with God's provision and we want more than what God is providing for us. How do I know that? Let's look at these three analogy or metaphors or illustration and see the meaning. All three of them teach the same point. Learn to trust God and learn to find sufficiency in God. 
Look at verse 26, the first part of verse 26. Go with me there. Write this down. Let me show you something here. Jesus said, look at what? The birds where? Do they, they do not what? Or weep. Or store away in bar. Wait. They don't sow. They don't reap. And how they are fed? Father feeding. So he said, if you look at the bird, they live free. They fly up. They go all around. They even um, put them to do on your head and everything like that. And they live their life free. So if you are valuable to God, listen to what Jesus said, because you are valuable to me, how is it that I will not provide for you? Understand me here. You are worth, you are valuable. Don't let your circumstances tell you that you are not important and valuable to God. God provides for his children. Why? Because we have value to him. God doesn't want his children to go about begging bread. That's what the psalmist said. I have never seen the children of God begging bread. That means that we need to learn to see our worth in the eyes of God. Listen to me, family. Don't see your worth in clothes. Don't see your worth in anything material. See your worth in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus alone. You see, that's the problem. Because we have to have the latest done, done, and latest thing. And that's why we are, life becomes so preoccupied and worried. Because we want to accumulate and sum up things. And listen to what Jesus said. But when we accumulate and sum up things, Jesus said, Hey, why you need a barn if you have me? A barn is limited to what it can fit. But when you have God in your life, you have everything. So if the barns, they are not, if the, um, the birds, they can just trust in God for his provision or their provision, why can't you trust God? And then Jesus used an analogy in verse 28, the second part of verse 28 to the verse 29. Listen to what he said. He said, and why do you worry about what? And then look at this, look at this. He said, see how what? Flowers of the field. They are dressed up. The, uh, the flowers of the field grow. They do not what? Labor or they don't work for what they receive. No, Jesus is not saying that we shouldn't work. No, don't get me wrong. Jesus said we should work. But listen to it. They were learning to depend on God. That if when they don't have the need met, they said, you know what? I'm not going to worry about it because I know that God will come through for me. Listen to me, your family. In verse 29, Jesus said this. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. You know what that is showing us? Here it is. That even Solomon could not provide for himself. God provided for Solomon. You remember when Solomon went before God and said, God, you have called me to lead these people. You better do something. And God said, okay, you didn't ask for money. I want to give you wisdom. And listen to this. And God added prosperity to him. Why? Because Solomon come into the New Testament, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And listen to what Jesus said. And all these things shall be added unto us. So what, what Solomon is teaching us today, when we seek God first, his kingdom and his righteousness, expect God to bring forth his promises in your life. Amen. It happened to Solomon. Jesus is teaching. So that means if Jesus is teaching what Solomon experienced, that means that we can experience it as well. So what is the lesson? Don't seek after the lesser. Seek after the greater. 
because the greater will provide the lesser so no if you don't want to be worried and preoccupied with the things of life stop focusing on the lesser I you know feel good today but the greater is God give you life to be awake I, I, yeah, my heart hurt me and break my heart and this and that and the other thing. But the greater said, the person gone. So listen to me here, family. Don't make we rest upon the lesser when we have the greater. So we find two analogies. We find the birds, we find the field, and then listen to it. Jesus said, the unbelievers. You know what Jesus said in verse 32? That the pagans, because they don't know God, verse 32 that's why they go after that. You know what Jesus is saying? If you know God and go after these things, that means you don't know God. That's serious. That's a serious accusation that Jesus is making. Because you can't read verse 32 without verse 31. Jesus used this example because verse 31. What verse 31 said? Let's put it up. So do not worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. And listen to verse 32, know the verse. For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly father knows that you... Listen. God knows what you need. And that's why God provides what you need. But by you are more than what you need. You don't get it because God knows what you need. So you need to learn to enjoy and embrace what God's providing right now. So this is what is happening here. These people were just reenacting... What happened to the children of Israel in the wilderness after they liberated from Egypt? You remember that story? God was providing manna. And the people, they get upset with God. To the point that they wanted to kill Moses. I tell that manna man. I mean, literally they were saying that. Rice and bean again. Pero again. Chicken again. As who told me the truth. <laughs> and you know what? They missed out to see God was providing for them. Why? They never was, they were not working. But Ruthie, they had food to eat. My goodness. Listen, let me repeat what I said. The children of Israel, they were not working. Okay. Let me, let me set it up for you. What they were doing in Egypt, work hard as what? Slaves. They couldn't even eat. They cry out to God and say, God help me because we are building and we can't eat. No God liberate them. Bring them in a wilderness and say, rest and I will provide for you. And you know what they said to God? I tired of manna. <laughs> you see what Jesus is saying? And then we want to talk about to Miss Elena. What they were doing, they were missing out on God's blessing just because they want more than what God was providing for them. That's the problem. And that's why we get in trouble. And that's why when we get an opportunity to work and we go with more than what we should go with, that's a sign that our attention is not focusing on Christ. My God, you see what Jesus is teaching us? That when we get distracted, it's like what Aristotle said. The man is capable of doing the greatest evil if his or her heart is unchecked. Let's put that now in the gospel context. When Christ is not the center of our life, we are capable of doing the heinous things in the world. Yeah. 
the worst thing. Because the heart is deceitful above all things. So hear me now. What is the application here? Learn to be satisfied with God's provision. And you will not have anything to worry about in life. Learn to be satisfied with God's provision. And you will not have anything to worry about. So we find three examples. We find three commands. Now let's look at the three attributes. So we find that the author is using a triad in order to make his argument. What are these triads? In talk about the heavenly father. He mentioned God three times. Four times actually. But directly as to show the attributes of God. He was saying God is not only the one who supply. God is not only the one who cares. God is not only the one who knows. He said, I don't want you to focus on the attributes of God. I want you to focus on the fact that your God is in the midst of your situation. Amen. I mean, hear me family. It's, Jesus is saying this. Learn to see God for who God is. Not look at God for what God can give. My goodness. This is why they were focusing on God. Only to get what they could get from God. But they did not want God. I mean, like, we sometimes I remember a friend I used to have. The only time that person knew that I was his friend is when he needs something. And I thought, but weren't we friends? I mean, if we were friends, you would have checked up on me not only when you need something. But that's how it goes when we don't want the person, but we want what the person has. Jesus himself, look, look, I don't want to say, I just said this, I will let no, I know, I just say what Jesus is, is saying. <laughs> because, listen, that's what Jesus was saying. They were focusing, Jesus, God, I want what I need right now. I want this right now. But they were not focusing on God was right there taking care of them. So that means that we as believers, we can only, some people can only come to God or church to get what they want but not the God of the church. So that's why I only come, because I know you will give me something. But the one who you need is not the one who you want. You see that? So we get hung up with all of this spectacle, bombos and platillos, but we don't get hung up with the Lord. Because that requires time. That requires time. We have to grow. We have to stay strong. Because when the bombo and platillo are done, only him wants the day with you. And he wants to give you strength. So when all the trouble and all the hell of life come, the bombo and platillo no one help you over here. But the Lord who is with you. Psalms 46. Your very present help in times of trouble. He will be there with you. He said he is your very present help help in times of trouble. God is always present to help his people. So listen, Jesus said, verse 26, yet your heavenly father feeds them. And then in verse 30, he said, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, he will not much more clothe you. You have little faith. So what Jesus is saying here, look at this now, in verse 32, and your heavenly father knows that you 
need them. So hear me now, write this down. Focus on who you have and what you need will be added or given to you. Focus on who you have. What does this mean? That even in our sickness, the Lord is with us. And even when we don't have bread on the table to eat or water to drink, God is right there with us. How do I know that? You might ask. You know how I know that? Because God would have let us die a long time ago. But by the fact that he preserved our life, that means that he is with us. Because the Bible said, God, um, the devil come to kill, steal, and destroy. But listen to this. God come to give life and life in abundance. So if we have life, we have hope. And we have hope so that our situation can change by the grace of God. So hear me now. Don't worry about that problem. The reason why you can't fix is because you are trying to fix it. And you are becoming anxious and worried. Let go and let God have it. And listen to this here. Family, I want to write this down. Don't fail to embrace the Lord's grace for today just because you are focusing and seeking grace for tomorrow that is not here today. Can I repeat that? Don't fail to embrace the grace, the mercy God is showing you today all because you are focusing on the grace that you want for tomorrow. How do I know that? Look at verse 34. Jesus said these things in verse 34. Just put it up there for me. Let me, oh, let me get it right here for you. Verse 34. He said, listen to the command. Do not worry about what? Yesterday. I mean, it makes no sense. I asked myself the question when I was reading it. But why would they worry about tomorrow and they are not in tomorrow? And they are in today? They were worrying about the next job, the next place, the next bill. And listen to what Jesus said. For tomorrow will worry about himself. And listen to this. Each day has its own trouble by itself. You know what Jesus was saying? Stop focus on the grace for tomorrow. Embrace and enjoy the grace that he's providing today. Because when we start focus on the grace for tomorrow, we lose sight from seeing the beauty of God today. Because the Bible said in Lamentation chapter 3, the mercy of God, they are Hear this. That means that the blessing or the grace that God showed to us is not the same one that he's showing to us today. So that means that we miss out on the blessing for today because we want a blessing for tomorrow that might be different than what we are receiving today. So hear this. We worry about today, about tomorrow, and when we get tomorrow, we are worried about it because the mercies of God are new what? So what Jesus is teaching them, you want the lesser when every morning God gives you something new. My goodness. Behold, Isaiah said, I am doing something new. In fact, let me finish with this. Philippians chapter 4. And write this on. Verse 10 to the verse 13. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 to the verse 13. We know this letter as an, a prison letter. Paul is in prison, chained by soldiers. And listen to what Paul is saying to the church that was worried and anxious about his condition. Paul is in prison. 
If I was in prison, Lord have mercy, I would have forget this text. But Paul is in prison, and Paul had this text present. Listen to what Paul said. I rejoiced. Oh, wait, hold on. That, that right there, you in prison, and you are people beating you up, and you don't have anything to eat, and you want to say, I rejoice. And listen to this. If you say, I rejoice, I would have worked with that, you know. But listen to what the man said. I rejoice greatly. <laughs> wait. The man in prison, chained by soldier, don't have nothing to eat. And then the man said, I rejoiced greatly. Why? In the Lord, that at last you renew your concern for me. And then he said, indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need. Come on, man. You are in need, obviously. How oh, you want to tell me that you, you don't have no job? Who is going to provide for you? But he said, for I have, this is it. For I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstance. Let's read that together, family. I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. Let's read that part again. For I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. Touch your neighbor and read it with them. Hold your hand and read it together. I am not saying this because I am in need. No, you read. I have to be content in whatever. All right, turn to the other neighbor and tell him, read it together. For I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. Read it again, hand all together. One, two, three. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. What he's saying, I am in prison, but I am not looking at my need. I am looking at my Lord because my Lord is giving me the strength to be able to get out of this. So don't let the fact that you don't have a job right now make you focus on your need. For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. And then when time we start reading our verse 12 and say, I know what it is to be in need. And I know that it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. And then no, we like quote this. This is not for you because you, uh, you can be the, you can be Neymar, you can be Ronaldinho, you can be no 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 no. This don't got nothing to do with Altiga. What you can be, no no no. He said this. I can do all things. That's it. Pad, you are telling me that you are in prison, but yet you have strength to endure. I can do all things because it's not my strength. It's the God. So the reason why you are not dead right now because of your sickness and your problem is because God is giving you the strength. Amen. So don't make it overwhelm you to the point that you lose sight and focus on your need and start from focusing on what the Lord is doing. What the Lord is doing, He's giving you strength. One more day. One day at a time. The Holy Spirit, go. Sweet Jesus. That's all I'm asking for you. Teacher, really like sing that way. Teacher, really there. Yeah, one day at zero. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. So what is it? And I'm not promising you prosperity. I'm not promising you a good life. I'm not promising you health and wealth. I'm promising you one thing. Jesus will be with you. Amen. And that is more than sufficient. Amen. Because when all these things that we might pursue, healing, restoration, money, and all these things fall apart, Jesus will right there be. Father, I pray that you will give us the strength. Not to worry about tomorrow. 
for tomorrow will worry about themselves. But God, give us the eyes to see that you are in the midst of everything that we are doing. No wonder why twice you said, see the birds in the air. And then you look at them and then I said, look at the flowers in the field. You want them, them to see the grace of God at work in their present moment and circumstances. Father, help us to see in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my heartache, in the midst of all hell and fires catching all over me, let me see the grace of God at work. Because that is the only thing that can sustain me. And we will cry out with Paul and say, For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. And then we will also say, For in Christ Jesus, I can do all things. My God, help us to stop focus on what we don't have. And help us to see we have you. Because when we have you, we have everything. Psalm said in 24, The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. That means that we have you, we have the fullness of life. So help us to be like what the prophet Jeremiah said in Lamentation 3. The mercies of God are new every morning. So instead of worrying about tomorrow, let us enjoy and embrace the mercies of God today. Because it might come in a different way. And we might lose what we have today. Thank you for listening today. Our hope is that this message has allowed you to hear from the God who loves and redeems you through His Son, Jesus. To hear more from The Alternative, subscribe through your preferred podcast app. We would love to connect with you. You can follow and contact us on Instagram or Facebook at The Alternative underscore SAI or watch past messages at youtube.com slash The Alternative underscore SAI. Have an awesome week.